0: hey what's going on everybody my name is dr. Boyce Watkins welcome to the black financial Channel I want to talk about Dave Ramsey Dave Ramsey is a financial guru that I think everybody should know about uh, he's also a guy who um who's really in some hot water right now so Dave Ramsey made some comments about stimulus checks that has uh, for lack of a better phrase it's kind of pissed everybody off uh, a lot of people are really mad at Dave uh, for for what he said and I'm gonna break down what Dave said and uh, and also why uh, some people are upset, but they also put the the remarks into context. So, we're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel. Get comfortable. We will begin right now. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. That's theblackfinancialchannel.com. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I'm your friendly neighborhood finance professor. Today, I want to talk about Dave Ramsey. Uh, Dave Ramsey made some remarks on Fox News about the stimulus check. And uh, he kind of got a lot of people mad. And so, um, you know, the thing about uh, Dave Ramsey is uh, I think he's such a smart guy. Um, I I've listened to him for years. I like what he does and I don't agree with everything, uh, you know, and, and I'm comfortable not agreeing because, uh, you know, when we have a PhD in this stuff, you see all the different nuances and you see where everything that's right could be wrong and where everything that's wrong could be right. Uh, it all depends on the context. And sometimes when you're talking about mass marketing ideas, uh, to millions of people, uh, people tend to like things that are overly simplified. Like, you know, I talked to Dr. Alicia, my fiance, who has a doctorate in uh, social work. And one of the things I had to explain to her when she started doing couples counseling with, with people that were not from academia and started doing non-academic work, is I said, look, sometimes professors can be overly detailed and and because we see all the details, all the nuances. and And while we think that we're adding substance, which I think is very important, Sometimes people want something different from that. Some people want simplicity. Uh, so substance and simplicity both have their place. Um, I think Dave does a great job in, in laying out financial advice in the way that he does. Uh, but, but let's talk about uh, Dave, Dave Ramsey's remarks and, uh, and why everybody is so mad at him. First of all, I want you guys to uh, hit the thumbs up button. If you haven't done that, please hit the thumbs up button. And I don't want to be rude, so I want to make sure I greet you. Uh, I see Eric and Donovan and Jer- Jermaine and Larry Cobb. Uh, and Mike and Bradford, uh, please put your uh, city that you come from as well. Tanisha's out of Las Vegas, and I see Bradford from Nashville, uh, Nashville or Cashville, Tennessee. Like Young Buck, anybody remember Young Buck? You say Cashville, Tennessee. Uh, poor Young Buck, I think he messed up his money. That poor guy, I think he's broke as hell right now. I mean, come on, man, you were sitting on G Unit, which was literally a billion dollar brand, and now you're broke. Come on, man. But but I'm telling you that 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 culture is big when you're talking about where you end up economically, if you are from a broke culture, if you are, re- are repping a broke culture, then you're going to be a broke person. Like, let's just keep it 100. You know, I don't care how much money somebody hands you stupid people give all their money away. You know? So when I saw young buck as talented as he was, uh, and I, and, and see, so uh, y'all got me talking about cash built in the key. So I got to finish this, uh, this statement, Bradford. Um, you know, when you talk about young buck who I follow very closely, cause I like G and I thought they were really talented. I thought 50 Cent was a marketing genius uh, in the way he set up G-Unit. He's also making lots of money right now because, you know, he's a smart guy. Um, I, I I knew young Buck was going to be broke. You're know, right. So uh, so don't get into that whole flashy culture. Don't get into that stupidity. Um, and I'm going to just tell you like this also not only is the hip hop music that's being marketed to you by big record companies like Apple and and others. Not only is that music uh, a pathway to financial devastation, it's also a type of genocide. It's genocide. And let me explain why it's genocide. I got to say this. I got to make this point because y'all know I'm not just a finance professor who happens to be black. I'm a black man who happens to be a finance professor. The music is genocide because I was sitting there listening to a rapper rap all day about pills and how he loves taking his pills and how great he is when he's on that molly. When I'm on that molly, I did molly, daddy, 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 daddy. you know, that mumble rap, whatever. Right. And, and because it sounds good and it's to a nice beat, people think that that stuff is good. They think it's great. Oh, this is, this is, this is, this is hot dog. This is nice dog. But what you don't also, what you don't hear is the fact that I have two friends that I can think of just two, right now at the top of my head, whose 22 year old sons are mentally gone because they started popping pills and they started using all kinds of dope when they were about 17, 18 years old, not to say the rappers put the drugs in their body, but marketing works. Marketing works. That's why the federal government does not allow the marketing of certain kinds of products to the public. They do not allow you to market things like cigarettes or oxycodone. They don't let allow you to market things that are dangerous to the public, but they will allow music, which is the most powerful form of marketing there is. You know, rappers were the original social media influencers. Go back to uh, when Run DMC got an Adidas sponsorship because they increased Adidas sales because they had that song, my Adidas. Anybody remember that, right? That was where it began. So, So rappers are the most influential people on the planet. So when you have your rappers rapping to your young black men about how great it is to be high on Molly and always on that dope, then don't be surprised when you got a lot of young black men who are zoned out, zoomed out mentally gone because they own that dope. These are your soldiers. These are your this is your future that's being destroyed in front of you. This is genocide. You talk about black lives matter. Well, black lives matter don't matter to you if this don't matter to you. If this don't matter to you, then black lives do not matter to you at all. Because that's where black lives are being lost, not just from the things that they tell you about on TV. So let me go back to the topic. Let's get let's hit this issue with Dave Ramsey. I had to go on that tangent because y'all know y'all know what it is. I gotta tell you the truth. So Dave Ramsey uh, made some remarks about the stimulus check. And, uh, and I, and I, I thought his remarks for the most part could have been okay, but there was a part where people were justifiably angry, angry, angry at him. And, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to explain exactly why I agree with their with their anger. And I'm explaining exactly where Dave was partially correct, but wrong in the, he was right in the wrong way. So I'm reading from the hill.com. I actually said this was this quote was from Fox News. Actually, he was on Fox News. The Hill.com is where I read the story. So Dave Ramsey said was talking about the stimulus checks. He said if if six hundred dollars or fourteen hundred dollars changes your life, you were pretty much screwed already. So Dave Ramsey, known for his financial advice, went on Fox News and criticized the idea of another round of stimulus checks for the country during the coronavirus pandemic. I, quote, I don't believe in a stimulus check because if $600 or1400 dollars changes your life, you were pretty much screwed already. You got other issues going on, Ramsey said in the interview. Now I, let's pause right there. Here's where Dave Ramsey kind of disappoints me a little bit. Um, the fact that Dave Ramsey's on Fox News almost sounding like he's lobbying against the idea of another stimulus check right there um, tells me that he was on he might have been on a little bit of BS. You know, what difference does it make to you, Dave Ramsey, if people are going to get a check in the mail? You know, what what differences? I mean, you you know, you're worth I don't know what Dave's net worth is. He's a smart guy. So he's probably I wouldn't be surprised if Dave Ramsey's worth one hundred million dollars. I'm going to Google it right now. Hit the thumbs up button. Please hit the thumbs up button if you haven't done it. Uh, It says his net worth. Oh, sorry. Four hundred and seventy five million dollars. So he's halfway to being a billionaire. According, this is according to the first result that comes up in Google. So, so Dave Ramsey is <clears throat> worth uh, almost half a billion dollars. So the problem that you have, Dave, is that you are not in a position on any level to even begin to try to comprehend the experience and the pain of someone who might really be waiting on that fourteen hundred dollar check? Um, I, 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 you know, somebody mentioned here that uh, Jordan says Dave has the nastiest attitude, and I, I've seen that. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm, I'm, I don't have a big problem with that all the time because I'm a believer in tough love. I, I think tough love. My daddy raised me on that, and my mother did too. And I, and, and tough love is what made me a tough person. So, so I'm not, a, I'm not against tough love, but what I am against is when, pe- when someone who is out of touch tries to sort of overstep their boundary in a way that is not just insensitive but could be defined as being off the mark um there's nothing i mean dave ramsey's at least a good 30 40 years away from even knowing what it feels like to need a 1400 check dave dave ain't needed money since dave started becoming dave ramsey and and i think dave ramsey i think it's great that he is who he is but but I, I'm trying to sort of figure out what was the agenda, what was in it for you to make you even feel like it was worth your time to go on the air and to basically say, like, I don't support stimulus checks. Why not just sit silently to the side and say, yeah, you know, people, if you need $1,400 just to survive, then, then you're in, you in a world of trouble, right? You can sit, sit on the sideline and say all that. Why are you jumping out front? And, uh, and, and so so there's an agenda here that's a little bit problematic to me. And I'd love for Dave Ramsey to explain that. And I, and I would actually listen to him because I like Dave Ramsey, but I don't understand why he felt the need to go out and lobby against stimulus checks. And also, unfortunately, this sounds a lot like the typical Republican arguments that I've heard. Now, just so you know, um, if, you're, if you're a Democrat or you're a Republican on this platform, there's a chance I'm going to make you uncomfortable because I'm not a fan of either party. And also uh, I'm black first. You know, I put my community first. I'm not trying to sit around here and figure out how I can be a good servant to the Democrats or a good slave to the Republicans. I, I am a servant to the black community and that is it period B one hashtag B one. If you get what I'm saying, I'm not into that whole Democrat Republican stuff. So, so there's, there's enough to pick at on both sides. So, so the thing about the Republicans is really fascinating. suburban schools. The black kids don't get as much for their schools as the white kids. We need to fix that. Well, the Republicans will come back and say, well, getting more money clearly won't solve the problem. Uh, I mean, there are plenty of schools out here that get plenty of money that still aren't educating any kids. So let's not give them the money. Difference. So let's just keep the money. And, and, and I would say, well, since giving them the money doesn't make any difference. Let's give them the money and let's find out what happens. Let's try it. How about we try that? How about we go to that school that is severely underfunded and give them the money and then see what happens, right? So so a lot of times when somebody says, well, I, I'm just not going to give you the money because if you get the money, you're probably going to waste it. That is a problematic sort of argument. It's it's very elitist. Um, it's very, um, it, it, it's it's condescending. It's, it reminds me of when I used to debate, I, I've been debating like hell for over 25 years that college athletes should be paid. I started this when I started writing articles for the campus paper when I was at University of Kentucky in the 1990s. That's how old I am. I probably sound like an old man to some of y'all, but it's okay. Being older is good because you get wiser and smarter. And when I started writing about this and I started saying, wait a minute, the school is going to make $20 million this year off of these black athletes. Maybe they should pay the athletes some of that money. Maybe they should pay their parents a little bit of the money. Maybe it doesn't make sense that you just got a 20 million dollar check and your star player's mama is getting evicted from her crib in the projects. What kind of bigot are you? Right. And, and and what they would come back and say is they would say something like, Well, you know, you know how those athletes are. They you give them you give them some money, they're gonna go waste it anyway. They're gonna spend it on on gold chains and, and rims and, and whatever. Okay, but it's their money. I don't. I don't care if they spend their money on pink unicorns and flying puppies. It's their money. Ain't nobody scrutinizing you, telling you what to do with your money. And, and so I think that when Dave Ramsey says, "Well, don't you know?" There's no reason to give people a fourteen hundred dollar check because I mean, my gosh, if you if you need a fourteen hundred dollar check, then you're already financially screwed. Well. It's their check, and if they want to screw themselves with their check, then that's their right. Give them the check and let them do what they want to do. Give advice on what to do when you get the check, right? That's that's what Dave Ramsey's job is. His job is to give you advice on what to do when you get the check, not to decide whether you deserve it or not, because that is a uh, what we would call a normative statement. That is him saying, "I don't really know if you are worthy." Or if you are intelligent enough, or if you are a good enough human being to deserve to receive a fourteen hundred dollar check, and uh, and I think a lot of people are giving Dave the middle finger on this, and this is an area where I do get off the Dave Ramsey bus. I, I'm on the Dave Ramsey bus, by the way. I, I enjoy him. I want to make that clear. I enjoy watching his stuff, but this is where I get off the bus. Where I kind of say, "Come on, man. Who who are you? Who are you to decide whether or not people deserve to receive a fourteen hundred dollar check?" Now, let's go deeper. Uh, do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the share button. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Um, uh, it's very important. Also, my Twitter's up here. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, um, I, like I said, I'm going to piss you off about twice a week. But if you if you want an interesting Twitter where I actually use the platform for thoughtful discussion, I, I want the world to be smarter. That's my agenda. Everybody has an agenda. My agenda is I want you to be smarter. I want to elevate your IQ. I want your kids to be smart so you can learn how to play chess and not checkers. So feel free to follow me on Twitter if you're into that kind of thing. If you're not into that kind of thing, if you're a dumbass and don't follow. But if you want to be smarter, then I'm your guy. All right. So, um, or if you want to be like a bigger hoe and you want to learn how to sell WAP, then you should follow Cardi B. Like she says that, right? She's like, I'm, there's some hoes in this house and I sell WAP, right? So if that's your goal, then you should follow someone like Cardi B. So just follow people that are consistent with who you want to be, right? There you go. All right. So brains over here, WAP over there. It's up to you. No, I'm no judgment. All right. So let, let's keep going. All right. So, um, So Dave Ramsey, uh, let's go deeper into this. So I'm reading more from this article on The Hill. It says, Congress has been debating another round of stimulus checks, as many are still out of jobs and struggling due to the pandemic. Ramsey said that there are other issues in a person's life, like career or debt problems, if a stimulus check is that impactful to a person. Quote, that's not talking down to folks. I've been bankrupt. I've been broke. I work with people every day who are hurting. I love people. I want people to be lifted up. But this is, again, it is just political rhetoric. That's a little bit of a strange statement, just because uh, you say you're not talking down to folks, but you are kind of, you are kind of talking down to folks, right? Uh, you, you know, because what you say matters more than what you say you said, right? Like if I say you're a terrible person, that's say, but I'm not trying to say you're a terrible person. No, you just said I'm a terrible person, right? So, so, so you can't sort of say something and then say you said something else, and then think that because you said you said something else that you actually said something else. If that makes any sense. So, so you did sort of talk down to folks, right? And and I know you've been bankrupt. We know you've been broke. Those are very good origin stories. I think that's great for what Dave does. Right, he, he tells that story being broke and how he rose out of that, and that becomes part of his brand. And and I think that one of the things that that Dave kind of has to sort of process, and I think he's probably processes. He's he's a smart man. Is that when you've had the opportunity uh, to make money by telling people how to make money, that puts you in an advantageous position relative. To people that have to make money by implementing the things that you're teaching them to do, so uh, you know, and, and Dave, Dave is in this category, I imagine as well, where you know, you you know, I like I've made money as an investor, but I've also made money as a finance professor, right? I, I got my PhD. I've taught people about money for a long time, and you make money from that, which kind of gives you a little bit of a head start. You've got this special craft that allows you to do things like teach classes, write books, things like that, which accelerates your income base. right? And, and actually, believe it or not, no matter who you are, whatever your background is, you can actually do the same thing. right? I, you know, A lot of you are teaching online, and those of you who aren't doing it, I encourage you to look into that, because I think that's a great way for you to monetize whatever it is that you can do. But the thing with Dave is that he's in a position where making money for him Because he's good at what he does, it's been very easy for him. And it's not just he's not just financially ahead just because he knows, you know, not to spend too much on a couple of Starbucks coffee. He's not ahead just because he decided to stop eating fast food and he saved an extra $50 a week. You know, he's not, he's not worth half a billion dollars because he learned how to cut 10% off his grocery bill. right? So so in a way, he's in this awkward position where he's a guy that's worth half a billion dollars that's teaching people who make less than $50,000 a year how to pinch pennies. And and that becomes a little bit of a paradox because the billionaire ain't got to pinch pennies. Dave ain't pinching. He ain't. He's pinching stacks of money like Scrooge McDuck. Like he's he's trying to decide: Do I get the fourteen million dollar mansion or the twelve million dollar mansion? Right. He's going on vacation and spending eighty or hundred thousand dollars and doesn't even notice that he spent the money. Right. So that's a whole different reality from people that have been starved out during this pandemic. Uh, that's a whole different reality from people that really do have to sort of watch every penny that goes out the door. And and so it doesn't mean Dave can't add value to that conversation, but you have to be very careful and very respectful. And so in a way, for example, it's like if I'm a scholar, right? And sure, I, I've been in the hood. I grew up in the hood. I, I Everything, there's very few stories about being Black, that you can't tell me that I can't say, yeah, I remember when I saw that kind of thing too, right? Whether you talk about poverty or not having a father or having your best friend get murdered, you know, just stuff like that. Like I've seen all of that, right? But here's the thing I'm not in the hood anymore, right? I'm not a hood dude anymore. I was able to get away from the hood, so so while I can certainly add value, like I got a lot of hood hood guys that, that follow me. You know, when I go to different parts, different places, they they show that respect, and I show the respect back, right? I give the respect because I want to receive the respect, you know, etc. And they hear me, right? But they also know I'm not I'm not a gang member, I'm not a Crip or Blood, I'm not living in the struggle like that anymore. So there has to be a certain degree of deference. And empathy that I must provide to allow them to understand that. that, Look, I know that I can add value that can help you through your situation, but I don't know everything, right? I I I can't be overly condescending toward you about what you're dealing with because I'm not dealing with that particular thing at that particular level, right? So, so with Dave, you know, yeah, Dave is smart. I think Dave Ramsey is a is a cool dude. You know, he's all right, but. You ain't you know you're not a single mother who's living off of seven hundred dollars a month, you know, in fixed income. You know, you're you're not you're not somebody that's you know been unemployed for eight months who's trying to just get enough money to make sure that they, they that you don't get evicted. So when you come and you say Stimulus checks shouldn't be sent out because if you're if you need that money, then then basically you're kind of almost it almost sounds like Dave Ramsey was saying like if you need that money, then you're just a dummy. You're a bad person. You've made bad decisions, and that's why you're in that situation. And 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 that's and and while we certainly know nobody's perfect, right? What tends to happen? What tends to occur? And I talked about this a lot um, when I wrote my book. What if George Bush were a black man? Years ago, I wrote it. Uh, gosh, seventeen years ago, but but it's still applicable. Um, in, in the book, one of the things I pointed out was that when you're poor and bad things are happening to you, people that are not poor tend to put judgments on you that they wouldn't put on themselves. Like, like they will, they will literally chalk up your whole situation to the fact that, well, you just didn't make good choices. You're not trying. And, and I think that Uh, while you can certainly encourage people to make better decisions, you can certainly call out stuff, right? Like there's a difference. Let's just be clear. There's a difference between people that rise up and people that stay flat. So don't think that it's all the same. Don't think it's all just luck and like, oh, Jesus blessed you and he didn't bless me. No, 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 no. Choices matter. Choices matter. E-40 had a great song called Choices, (laughs) right? Everybody got choices, right? (laughs) Anybody know that song? It's a really good song, by the way. Yeah, I think it's like, nope. Yep. Nope. <laughs> and so, anyway, uh, I can't remember the lyrics of the song, but I love it. But but it's true. Everybody's got choices. So so maximizing your choices is really important. But I think that when you're critical of the choices of other people, I think it also helps to really try to understand the choices that they're faced with, and and, and to to be as helpful as you can in a way that shows as much empathy as you can possibly muster up. So. So anyway, let me keep reading. Do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button. If you haven't hit the thumbs up button, please do that. Um, and so, uh, and, and also, uh, I'll give you my my other social media if you want to follow me uh, there, oh, here's a good platform, the black boss channel. That's where black men do all the talking. So if you want to hear from brothers, or if you are a brother, uh, we do sports, we do stocks, we do relationships, we do health, uh, all that stuff on the black boss channel, Jeff lightsy jr. A lot of great guys are on the channel. So check it out. Like they, they really have like really good, like sports arguments on that show. It's really, really fun to watch. So, uh, subscribe to the black Um, so it also says here, they said Ramsey also discussed during the interview, how he doesn't believe that student loan forgiveness Will help stimulate the economy and will only benefit those who would have been able to afford to pay off their debts. So, so now it's, it's interesting. So now he's saying the student loan forgiveness is not good. Okay, so um, they said despite not supporting government forgiveness of debt, Ramsey's company, Ramsey Solutions, paid off ten million dollars in debt for eight thousand people over the holiday season. Okay, so good for him. all right So, so yeah, I, I think I, I think that when you talk about the student loan thing, um. I, w- I would wonder, I-, I would imagine that the reason a Dave Ramsey would have a problem with student loan forgiveness is largely because he has a platform, which, which, by the way, this is a principle I agree with that is built on this idea of personal responsibility. And uh, and I believe in that. I've always believed in that. And, and what I've heard him allude to, and others as well, is student loan forgiveness at the very least, even though it's beneficial for a lot of people and it should be done, it benefits certain people. It doesn't, just, it, 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 it doesn't just benefit people that have you know more education that are on the higher end of the educational spectrum. That's one thing. So if you didn't go to college, it, it won't benefit you at all, right? But then also there are some who argue that the people who actually have the discipline to either go to school with no debt or who have the discipline to pay off their debt are going to feel slighted that you're, you're just basically normalizing and equalizing me with everybody who didn't do what I did. Right. So, so somebody who didn't make the sacrifices I made, like I, you know, I ate, you know, bologna sandwiches and and ramen noodles for a bunch of years and saved my money like crazy so I could pay off my debt. And, uh, and, 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 you know, and, uh, and 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 you get your debt paid off just like me, and you didn't even do anything to earn that. I think a lot of people would be pissed off about that. I don't know if you're in that category now. I mean, I but 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 that's the thing though. I I see more people who still struggle with the debt than I see who actually paid it off. But I get that argument right now. One of the things though that uh that that makes me pause when Dave says he's against student loan forgiveness is I don't see why that's another battle he has to fight per se. Um, I I think that debt reduction and debt forgiveness is something that can benefit a lot of people. Now, from a broader economic standpoint, just be clear, your government is pretty much printing money. They're going into insane, unsustainable amounts of debt. Eventually, those chickens will come home to roost. Um, Yesterday, we did a crypto conversation. And the reason Bitcoin is going insane is because the demand for Bitcoin is going up and up and up because people are trying to put their money into assets that um, that are actual scarce resources to get away from fiat currency. Uh, so uh, so just be clear, uh, there's no such thing as a free lunch. When they pay off this student loan debt, the government's gonna cover that. They're not going to make the companies pay for this and it's gonna end up uh, hurting the economy long term. But I hope that it benefits you. Uh, but really also as black people, I'm not even a fan of the idea that millions of black people are going to die in debt. Owing money to a big white university that they paid $100,000, $200,000 to just to teach them to go work for another white person. If you want to know why black wealth is expected to drop to zero by the year 2053, it is largely due to student loans. It is because you were taught incorrectly that the number one way for you to be successful in America as a black person is to go into various forms of economic slavery. So the same government that will not give you reparation for slavery has put exhaustive effort into giving you preparations for slavery. They have been preparing you for slavery when they sent you to that public school. When they put it, it put white supremacy in your head. Well, you know more about European history than you even know about the continent of Africa. A lot of y'all can't even name half the countries in Africa. Don't know how big they are. Don't know how many how many people are there. But you know all about Europe. You know about Spain and France and London, but don't know nothing about Africa. <laughs> and and then that you get inundated with white owned media that does things like present blackface rappers to you, some of whom are absolute clowns who are encouraging your your sons to get addicted to drugs so that they become uncompetitive, right? Which fits into Dr. Claude Anderson's arguments in the book, Black Labor, White Wealth, where he says that the goal was to make sure black people can never compete with white people. Well, a drug addict can never compete with a person that is sober and alert and smart and on his game. Seriously. So 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 that so the other part of the preparations for slavery comes from the fact that you're also told that your key to success is to get out of the hood so that you can be around white people as opposed to staying in the hood and building up your own community. That's another preparation for slavery. So then you go out to the white neighborhood and and then you're mad because your neighbors are discriminating against you and you're being treated like like a Negro right? And then you're also taught, again, in your preparations for slavery, that you should then go to a white university where the half the professors don't even want black people on campus where they don't even hire black professors on these campuses and many of these. Believe me, as a black professor, I can tell you a lot of your favorite big universities that you gave all this money to were not hiring the black job candidates. I saw black professors come into Syracuse University who were really qualified for the job get rejected and get being given no reason why they were not being hired for that job and then you're in debt to that institution. When I was at Syracuse University, I was on the faculty 13 years. I saw lots of black students who had so much debt that they're still in debt today. I'm talking about you got $200,000 in debt in the year 2004. I catch up with you. Hey, Dr. Boyce, what's going on? I see you on the internet. Yeah. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Yeah. You, you, I was in your class back. Oh, oh, yeah. I remember. Oh, good to see you. How you doing, man? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, and then you get around. So so that all that debt that you had, did you? how did that go? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I had to put that to the side. I could, I couldn't pay that. That was too much. But uh, that, that's, that's like at least half of the student body, right? Half of all Black college graduates can't repay their student loans. They default on their loans, and and so then your family wealth is going down the drain. You know, and then on top of that, uh, you're then uh, with your education, you're trained to do what? You're not trained to go build businesses in your own community. You're trained to go work for a white guy to build businesses in the white community. So basically, again, your preparations for slavery. Are very thorough uh this is something that's been done since you were in slavery and uh it I mean cuz you can't actually have a good slave unless you prepare that slave uh, what well, they call it um not tenderizing it's it's a word like tender you know give me the word where they um where they prepare the slave like they kind of not not butt breaking it's like something where basically where they take the slave and they kind of just break him down real good to make sure he's ready like the way you tenderize a steak like kind of make him fit for slavery so so long story short that's what you get so as black people it's important that you learn how to become economically conscious so that you realize how you're being played now now how does it circle back to Dave Ramsey I have no idea I've lost my train of thought but y'all know what I do I go on a stream of consciousness but I thought it was but again because this platform is black first um I want to make sure we relate everything back to who we are and what matters for us uh it doesn't mean I don't want to talk about Dave Ramsey or don't, don't care what he's doing. Um, I think that, but if if it's not something that can be beneficial to you, then I don't want to talk about it. Conditioning, that might be a good word. Thank you, Bradford. It's another seasoning, season. Yes, season, season. Thank you. Uh, Who said that? Who said season? Micah, season says season the slave. That's it. Yeah, they season you and tenderize you like, like the way you do a steak when you're trying to make it nice and juicy and nice and soft so you can bite into that son of a bitch and have a good meal. Right, So literally, you have always been the asset. You have not been trained to own assets because you have been trained to be the asset. You, you do not train a dog to become a dog owner. Dogs are, are only trained to be owned. They're not trained to become owners. Right, So for you, you got to grow out of that dog training and actually learn how to reclaim and retake your humanity, which will come through actually doing things that make sense that are beneficial to your people and not to everybody else. Do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. Also, if you want a free e-copy of my book, It Takes a Village to Raise the Bar, there's the URL, allblackeconomics.com go check out allblackeconomics.com you'll not just get a free e-copy of my book but you'll also get on my email list i will send you tons of free information that will make you 10 times smarter by the time you read everything just stick with me i'm going to get you there to wherever you want to get to so so the, the final point i'll make on dave ramsey is this um, i think that dave um, his biggest problem is as i would say a lack of balance right i think that dave inadvertently perhaps jumped into this weird Situation where he's a guy that's worth four hundred and seventy five million dollars, according to what I found, out, what I saw online just now, who's telling people who've been starved out by their own government that you don't need that fourteen hundred dollar check. Um, you know, I, I think that if you're going to make a statement like that, then I, why don't we take that four hundred and seventy five million? and chop it up. I bet that 475 million could write a lot of $1400 checks. Let me let me do a little math. Let me do pull out my calculator here. 475 million, there's a lot of zeros in 475 million. Let's divide that by 1400. How many people could get a $1400 check if we broke up Dave Ramsey's money? That's 339,285 people. So 339,285 people. That's that's the size of a decent sized city. Uh, Could all get fourteen hundred dollar checks if we took Dave's four hundred seventy five million and chopped it up into little pieces? And then I would be very curious to know uh, what Dave's advice or his recommendation would look like if we did that. Like if we let him write stimulus checks, uh, you know, to all those people that he where he's saying you don't need a check. I'd be curious to know if your recommendation would be the same or if it wouldn't be. And I also think that while he certainly uh, valid and correct and, and and legitimate. And, you know, talking to people and giving tough love like he does, I, I think, again, I, I don't think Dave Ramsey's bad. I, I really, I'm going to reiterate that because I, I, like, I like Dave Ramsey. But, you know, while you're giving your tough love, I'm wondering, like, at what point you can also have a conversation to say this, you know, this basic idea that, you know, people don't need stimulus checks as much as they actually need an economy. And what has occurred, the reason people need stimulus checks, and I don't know who the hell's agenda this was, but basically they need stimulus checks because you've taken away their source of income. You've taken away their job, right? You've taken away their economy. So people don't need charity. They need an economy. A lot of people are waiting at home for this check and these are decent, hardworking people. Maybe they're not financial experts. Maybe they don't know all the perfect things to do with money. Maybe they were challenged in living paycheck to paycheck, right? And and, and you know, and maybe they didn't optimize every step along the way, but they were hardworking, good people who were going to work every day and, and doing fine. And then the job is gone. And then you have nothing. And, and I, I do believe that there are some people that like this. They like the idea of everybody sitting at home, waiting for a check, creating a whole country full of welfare Kings and welfare Queens. And, 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 and it's, it's, it is sick. It's sad. I hate it. I think it's the the most terrible thing in the world. And I think that if Dave really wants to empathize with how these people feel, I think that he should imagine if somebody went and took that $475 million that he's worth and they took all that away, like what if they took away Dave Ramsey's ability to make a living? What if Dave Ramsey could no longer have a show? Dave Ramsey could no longer sell books. Like, what if they banned him, the way they banned, tried to ban Louis Farrakhan or, or or Alex Jones and people like that, and literally took away every stream of income he had? How would he feel then about you know choices and circumstances and how they're connected, right? So, so I think that while we're, we all certainly believe, I, I I think that you might agree with me. That your choices are huge in in, in your outcomes. I, I think that it would be the worst thing in the world for me to tell you that everything that happens to you in your life is somebody else's fault. I just think that that's a bad message to share. That wasn't what I was raised on. If I told that to you, I'd be absolutely lying through my teeth. But I do think that you cannot neglect you know what the government has done, um, and you know and to to create this crazy environment. I blame both the Democrats and the Republicans. Um, I believe that there was there were ways to keep people safe while still allowing them to go earn a living. And also, what really infuriated me, uh, and, and I guess Dave fits in this category, unfortunately. But even though I don't I don't dislike him, uh, but I, these other people I do dislike, Nancy Pelosi and and Mitch McConnell, these two individuals sat there and played a stupid game of political back and forth, political tic tac toe where they did not make a deal on a stimulus package for seven or eight months straight, but pretended to be trying to make a deal. And McConnell was being a stingy Republican Well, they will put all kinds of money in the pockets of businesses, but won't put any money in the pockets of the people. But and, and, and Nancy Pelosi didn't want stimulus checks paid because she wanted people to be starved out enough to where they would get mad at Donald Trump. They didn't care about destroying the country. All they cared about was making sure that when the country was burning in flames and torn apart, that you would blame the other party so you would let them have their power. So this was a fight for power. And Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell combined are worth about a quarter of a billion dollars. So when you, if you want to really make me mad, show me a couple of people that are worth a quarter of a billion dollars sitting in a room deciding if poor people are going to get be given a right to receive a 1400 dollar check that really angers me and 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 i hate the fact that a lot of our folks don't get it a lot of y'all get caught up in this whole democrat republican thing oh trump is a bastard yeah he's a bastard and, you know and, but but here's the thing you, know, you if you think that i think that you're that that a trump supporter is racist but a, a biden supporter is not well you need to get out of here because biden put more black men in prison than any president in American history. If that's not racism to you, then I don't know what's wrong with your brain. If you can't see the racism in that, then me and you can't, we're not on the same, we're not in the same place mentally because you're exterminating an entire group of people and you're trying to convince me that this man is my hero. I'm not built like that. I wasn't raised that way. I have something called common sense. So when when you talk about this, let's bring this back to black people. Okay. So when you bring this back to black people, here's the deal. Um, For you as black people, you have no economic friends. Everyone on earth wants to take from black people. Nobody wants to give anything back. Uh, When you are black in America, you are in a position where no one wants to hire you. Uh, When you're black in America, you're in a position where no one wants you to engage in critical thinking. That's why the Biden administration will meet with every clown on earth, but they won't sit down one time with Dr. Claude Anderson. I personally think we should be telling them if you really want to be our friend, you need to sit down with real black people who really care about the community, who are really trying to solve economic problems and have a real conversation. Stop having meetings with Al Sharpton. That ain't enough. You need more than that. Right? Uh, You're in a world where uh, they also, if you're black, they won't support your businesses. You create a black owned business, you're getting boycotted in two directions. You're getting boycotted by all the white people and half the black people even half the black people won't support a black-owned business. Y'all support a black man who's busting a rap. Y'all support black people when we out acting a fool. You'll support us when we're playing the sport or when we're telling the joke, but you won't support black people who are trying to be serious economic players in the game of economic warfare. And let me just tell you something else, black man. This is important for you to understand, black man. When you go through life and you let these people train you to be an economic sucker, you are basically emasculating yourself. You might as well stand up and go outside and pull out a pair of, of scissors and cut off your own balls. Because when you go out in this world and you, are, you know how to play basketball, you know how to play football, you know how to bust a rap, but you don't know how to start a business. You don't know how to make an investment. You don't want to own any assets. You want to do like little Uzi Vert and get a stupid diamond plugged into your forehead and get engaged in all this buffoonery. Then you're setting yourself up to be a slave, you're setting yourself up for destruction, right? Uh, In fact, if you think about it, think about it in a sports analogy. Maybe guys will get that if I use a sports analogy. When you go out here, especially as a black man, black women have their own issues, but I'm talking about the black man right, right this second. If you are a black man and you go out into this world not prepare for economic warfare, you have no assets and you live in paycheck to paycheck and your paycheck is being provided by the man who's seeking to oppress you, take your assets, embarrass you, humiliate you, keep you as a little boy, turn you into a little girl and eventually take your woman, then you are almost like a quarterback trying to win the Super Bowl when you have no offensive line. You saw what happened to Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarterback, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. You saw what happened when Patrick Mahomes did not have anybody blocking for him. When Patrick Mahomes had no offensive line, he went from extraordinary to sub-mediocre. So imagine a quarterback trying to play in the NFL with no offensive line, literally not a bad offensive line. I'm talking about no no right tackle, no left tackle, no left guard, no right guard, nobody blocking. He's going to get sacked every time. So when you are a black man in America and you're trying to get ahead in America, you're trying to compete in America, and you don't own assets, and you're not making that a primary objective and and mission critical for your life, you literally are a quarterback claiming that he's going to win the Super Bowl, and you ain't even got an offensive line. So Because your assets block for you. That's what protects you. That's what keeps you out of slavery. That's what keeps you out of oppression. That's what allows you to stand up when they're telling you to sit down. So this is about more than money. This is about life. This is about survival. So go out here and please survive and stop acting a damn fool. Stop letting these people make you into a clown because I believe that you're better than that. So that's all I got to say. I'm done talking. Thank you guys for listening. Again, no disrespect to Dave Ramsey, but also y'all know how I am. I'll take a conversation and take it all over the place because uh, I'm not even speaking anymore. God is telling me what to say. And when God tells me to say it, I'm going to say it. I don't care who gets mad. I don't care which direction it goes in. That's just what it is. So hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. And uh, also um, I can share something uh, else with you guys. If you want to take a look, if you haven't learned how to invest yet, or you want to get on an email list and get access to our free courses and programs and things like that, go to firstsharestock.com. Uh, that's where you can actually get started. Firstshareofstock.com. That's the URL. Also blackmillionairesoftomorrow.com. That's our wealth building program for children. Uh, one of the uh, goals that we have is to make black people the most financially intelligent group of people on the planet. We believe we can do this, but I, I need your help. I need your children to join the economic army. So even if they don't learn from us, I want them to learn from somewhere. And I want your goal to be this: I want you to your goal to be one. My child will learn how to start a business by the age of twelve. Uh, number two, my child will own stock as early as possible. I have a, a nephew that was born two weeks ago he owned stock before he was born, right? So he's going to be very wealthy by the time he gets to be 25 because we're already making plans for him to be successful. So we're, we're not giving him preparations for slavery. We're giving him preparations for freedom. And that starts before you're even born. So do that with your children and make sure they're also, the, the third objective is to make sure that they're economically intelligent so that when they get an opportunity, when they get a hold of some assets, they'll know what to do with those assets. They're not gonna do stupid things because your marketed stupidity is marketed to you. Your all your your they use your rappers to do this. Not all your rappers. Some of your rappers are great people, smart people. Like I'm good friends with David Banner. He's one of the smart ones. Uh, you know, Ti. He he matured quite a bit. God bless him for that. Even Jay Z's rapping about owning assets, but then you got a lot of guys that still need to learn. So remember that if you are trained on economics, if your child's trained on economics. That means that when they get an opportunity, they're going to pursue that opportunity and they're going to make something out of that opportunity. It's again, to use a football analogy, if you are a good player then you know when the defense is giving you an opportunity to score a touchdown. If you're a bad player, then you won't know what to do. You're still going to throw an interception because you don't have a strategy. So a smart economic player is somebody who says, you know what, I don't have a lot of assets now, but the minute the defense gives me an opening, the minute the universe hands me a couple of dollars, the minute I get a chance to make a move, I'm going to make that move because I'm prepared to know what the opportunities look like. So don't put your children in in the disadvantageous position of not knowing how to identify opportunities, put them in a position where they are smart and capable and disciplined and alert and economically conscious and going to put themselves in a better situation as soon as they get the chance to do that. That's the difference between people that make it and the people that don't. And I want your kids to make it. So I'm out of here, guys. Have a good day. Please hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. Peace.